Hi everyone and welcome to the Future Skills Podcast. I'm Katie Garside and today I'm guest hosting and joined by our General Manager, Dan Taylor. I wanted to bring you this episode today because I have known Dan since 2015, both as a friend and as a boss, and I think it's really important for people to understand his story, where he's come from and how his career has developed throughout the years. We'll also be discussing what's happening next at the training centre here at Universal Skills. So if you're a typical listener to our podcast, you would probably notice that it's usually Dan Taylor who's asking the questions, but this week we've decided to change it, and today I'll be asking Dan Taylor the questions. So first of all, Dan, if you'd like to say hello to everyone. Hi, everyone. Perfect. So I guess the best place to start is probably a brief history of your career, so even if we go right back to your first job. First job. Um, So my first job was at Tesco's, the supermarket chain, where I was working on the tills and the checkouts and also pushing trolleys, which I really enjoyed. So I sort of fell into that job from a young age because I was going to sixth form and I spent a couple of weeks there, really didn't enjoy it. And I just wanted to start earning some money. So um, yeah, I worked at Tesco part-time initially and then I started doing quite a lot of overtime, earning some money, able to get a bit of freedom and start going out a little bit. Worked there for a few months, nearly a year actually, and then um, I always remember my cousin was looking for, for a job. He used to live with live near me um, in a place called Kipax in Leeds, and we used to play football together every Saturday, and he was just telling me I'm, I'm looking for jobs, and um, he was just explaining that he'd found something at British Gas, and he said I should have a look at it, so I did. And we ended up starting at the same time, me and my cousin, he's called Dan as well, and uh, Yes, started in the contact centre at British Gas when I was 17, um, selling home care. So people would, would phone in with boiler breakdowns and then you would ups, sorry, upsell them a, um, a home care package that would include their breakdown and service plan and things like that. Really enjoyed that. Um, again, did that for about a year. And then it moved to insurance at British Gas. And, and then the smart metering side of things came in. Uh, and I applied to be a service and repair engineer actually at first and um, I, w- I always remember I went for an open day in the academy which has now been knocked down as you know and um, I just thought wow it just sort of blew my mind a little bit I remember walking around the academy and I did the explosive tin and I was just like god this just seems like I'd never get my head around it and I'd never just got I just never got the opportunity in service and repair I always got rejected when I applied for it so continued in the call centre enjoyed it was able to earn quite a lot of money actually for my age, 17, 18. Um, I was remember we had a sales card and all your sales went on this particular card, so it was great for weekends. <laughs> and then um, the smart metering opportunity came up, so they completely moved away from service repair and, and moved over to smart metering at British Gas in Leeds. And I was one of the first people to transition over to smart metering, um, which was good because it was all new and sort of the first people to, to book the customer appointments. And a couple of months into that, then the smart metering apprenticeships became available. So again, I applied for it, and this time I got an interview. And um, I just remember in the interview, I was telling them so much how much I wanted an opportunity, and you know, I think the van, the whole van thing, and tools and uniform, and just having that opportunity, I just really wanted it, and I just really tried to get that across. So I ended up being successful and um, became a smart metering engineer. For a while, trained in Scotland for six months to become a, 
a smart metering installer, which was uh, which was brilliant. Really enjoyed the, the training and um, it was such a great life experience. I was 18, just about to turn 19 when I trained in Scotland. Um, so did that, became, an, sorry, got through the, the training and through the mentoring process, was on the tools for quite a while and then a few years later, I think actually five years I spent on the field, ended up into the academy training people um, with yourself. I remember meeting you on, on my first day, I just got married actually and uh, Met you and the team and became a, uh, an academy trainer in there, training new apprentices. Again, loved that, one of the best jobs I've ever had with a great team. Um, and then after a few years in the academy at Leeds, things were starting to come to an end and we had the opportunity to go back to the field. I actually applied for a, a couple of smart energy manager roles uh, that didn't come off. So started looking further afield from British Gas and, and that's how I ended up um, here at Universal Skills. Yeah, I mean, how did you find the transition initially from the office to being an engineer? Um, I think at that age, because I was 17, I was so familiar with school and coming from high school and you're just used to a learning environment. So I think I just adapted quite quickly. I think you had a bit of a security blanket in, in the office and you were you know, quite used to the people you used to work with, very routine of coming in and you put your headset on and that was your job. And uh, definitely a shock to the system to be to be learning again in a way, especially something completely new. I always remember the first day of gas training and it was like combustion, chimneys, that started going into sort of straight away. And it was like, wow, mind blown. Um, so it was difficult at first, but it was a big group of people and a lot of people that had come from Leeds to train in Scotland as well. And we got quite tight knit quite quickly and we all used to help each other out through the training. So, you know, because we got close within the group that made things a lot easier as we were going through the training. Do you think being away from home, because obviously Scotland is quite far away from Leeds, how, do you find that, how did you find that? Difficult, difficult. Um, I always remember on the Sunday going down for the first time and waiting at the station in Leeds and I'd never really been on trains before, other than sort of going from Garforth to Leeds, which is like a 10 minute train uh, journey. And I remember we were going to East Kilbride in Glasgow and um, there was a few people on the train that was on the same training course as me, didn't know at the time, and the conductor had sort of kept, come over to check your tickets and was like, oh, he's Kilbride. That's the second time I've seen that for the first time in 10 years. Um, sort of laughed along and then, yeah, as the train journey went along, all three of us who were on the same journey to East Kilbride to do the training all sort of um, met up and was like, oh yeah, I'm going to, to British Gas as well, I'm doing this training course. There was another person from the call centre, from a different call centre actually at British Gas in Leeds. Um, but to finish off with your question, um, yeah, I did find it difficult being away from home because um, I just had my daughter born, so I was 19, quite a young parent already, and yeah, I was leaving uh, Danielle and my partner quite a lot, obviously for the training, so it would get to a Sunday evening and, uh, and it was difficult because I'd be away for a week sometimes a few weeks at a time come back for the weekend but it was really only the Saturday that you'd have to spend sort of family time and try and you know see extended family and stuff like that so in the initial period it was difficult because I'd come back on a weekend and Lacey my little girl would be growing at such a, a rate of knots and you know after a couple of weeks I'd be like god I've missed loads of development time here so that was hard but I knew it was so worthwhile and I was always concerned about missing that time because it was like a six months chunk but I just thought that this is, you know, it's got a potential to take me into other things, this, and learn a skill, a trade, 
you know, I, I knew the gas safe was a part of it and electrical qualifications. And um, I already had such a good opinion of British Gas that I just thought that it was a really good route for me to go down. So it's worth the, the sort of short-term pain of, of being away from home. Yeah, I know what you mean. Especially, I mean, I didn't even have the responsibilities when I did mine. And I was 19, so a similar age. And it does take its toll when you're away Monday to Friday. And then, like you say, you get two days, one day, and you're yeah. back again. Um, but definitely worthwhile. Obviously, we're both in this position now. I think what a few people won't know is that you didn't actually come to Universal Skills as a tutor or mm. anything like that. So do you want to sort of touch on what you did previously, what your role was? Yeah, no, I didn't. And uh, a lot of people won't know as well that um, initially when I came to Universal Skills, I actually came for the centre manager's job. So um, they were looking for a centre manager in Wakefield. or just appointed one in a centre that they had in Bolton. And they were looking to, to copy the model, have one in Wakefield. And I initially did interview for that with um, with the MD, and um, for one reason or another, it didn't end up happening. But there was another role. I always remember meeting the MD, and um, we'd just done some videos at British Gas, and I'd actually brought my iPad in with me to the interview to show him a video, a training video that we'd recently done on health and safety, uh, and he really liked it, and it just took me down a different path, really. So I think it just got his mind thinking about. I'd been involved in sort of video and, and video creation for training and an idea that he had was they were working on a project I think for Siemens at the time to create some videos um, so they could pick up on audit trends if, if people were having issues out on the field with things like pipe work or cabling just to um, try and give some extra support to engineers so I ended up going down that path so I can't remember what my initial job title was but it was all around um, supporting people in the in the field with videos so apprentices established engineers creating a video on an app and they could watch it um, but have some validation questions afterwards and perhaps they need some extra help on things like two rate metering we, i remember we did a two rate metering series a seven part two minute video uh, ask the expert was on there as well so engineers could ask the experts so that's how i started um, creating videos and and supporting people in the field and then um, did that for a while across Bolton and Wakefield, which was good because I got to see the ins and outs of both training centres. And I think coming from such a huge business at British Gas, you know, and then coming to a smaller organisation, it was really interesting to see how, how things were just completely different to what I'd been used to. Yeah, it's really different. I mean, I think everyone talks about that British Gas bubble and coming out of it. And obviously I was one of the first ones when we were in the academy to break out of it. And it was sort of, I think everyone waited a couple of weeks to see how I went before everyone else followed. Yeah. Um, how did you get into your general manager position then? So obviously you started off with that, but then what's led you to where you are now? So like I said, I did the digital role for a while. Um, I did the video content creation. I ended up falling into a project managing the website as well. So um, the company went through a bit of a rebrand. It used to be known as Wakefield Skills Centre. And then um, they went down a different direction and I went through a renaming process and engaged with a company in Wigan who went through like a complete remodel, remarketing, sorry, complete overhaul of the marketing, and we became Universal Skills Group, um, and then it needed a project manager to assist them build the website and the brand, so I ended up doing that for a number of months, um, which was really good because it, it, for the first time, really, I was starting to work with things like budgets, other companies, um, and liaising with people internally to create content, and again, that kept me across both training centres, so, I just saw a lot of things. From that, um, 
we sort of launched the website and everything was on track on time as well, which was a lot needed to be done with the website because initially we had something like 50 courses that we used to run across Wakefield and Bolton. There was a hell of a lot from Wakefield Skill Centre's history and um, it just seemed like it was never going to meet the deadline, but it did and it launched on time. There was lots of improvements that were made after the launch. Um, but after that, and, and sort of as the website got established, we still continued to make some videos. Um, I then got an opportunity to become operations delivery manager across both training centres. So um, we had something like 50, 55 staff at the time across two training centres. And um, I started to look after delivery. So all the delivery team reported to me across both training centres, which was um, definitely an interesting journey because, yeah, it was just... I never really picked up on it, but there was always the feedback that it was, it was so different in Bolton to what, what it was like in Wakefield, and I never really picked up on that. But whoever I spoke to in one-to-ones and sort of as I were um, starting to establish with the team, it was always sort of an us and them culture at the time when we had two training centres. So a big part of that role was trying to bring everybody together because people needed to work together. And sometimes we had staff from Wakefield going over to Bolton and staff from Bolton going over to Wakefield. So things got better with that, I believe, after a period of time. Um, and then we ended up going down to one training centre. Um, I think just before that, my responsibilities changed slightly and I started to pick up more of, of the marketing side of things and sales. Um, and then we, um, we lost the centre in Bolton, went down to one centre, Universal Skills Centre in Wakefield. And that's when I became really general manager after a few months. Um, and started looking after everything for the business, the day-to-day running of the business, the profit, the loss, working on things like the cash flow with the accountancy side of the business as well. Um, so yeah, that's that's what really led me to the general manager position. It sounds like you obviously had quite a, an eclectic mix of roles and responsibilities throughout the time. How do you think that's helped you develop into your job role now? I've certainly had to deal with some adversity because one thing I I had to deal with quite early, which was difficult, is um, the positions that I got put into. I say I got put into, you know, I I wanted these positions and I was always, when I went for these positions, one thing that Danny, the MD, always used to say to me is that nobody really shows the enthusiasm and the passion that you do, which I found hard to believe because I was always passionate about leading people and wanting to make things better and building a team. You know, that came from the British gas days of the apprenticeship, you know, I really enjoyed having a group of 14 apprentices that all looked up to you and, and listened to every word that you said. I always used to have this thing with the apprentices when they started and I would say to them, probably sounds stupid now, but I always used to say, if we told you to hug the boiler because it would make it work better, you'd probably listen to us. And I used to say that in the first day because they listened to so much stuff that we said. And I think from there, from leading the team and, and sort of doing one-to-ones with the apprentices and they did look at you as a, a manager and a role model, I just thought, I want to continue doing that. So um, that's what continued it. But yeah, like I say, it, it was challenging because people just didn't want to report to me in some cases. And I always remember going over to Bolton and there were a couple of members of staff who were literally, literally just said to me, I don't want you to be my line manager. You know, I've, I've been told it's going to work a certain way. I was never told it would work this way. Why should I report to you? Now, there was a few people with that opinion and I really had to turn their opinions around because they thought I was too young, they thought, who are you, coming from British Gas, telling us what to do. So I had to get them people on side quite quickly um, and I respected them as well because they had quite a lot of knowledge about the companies, which I didn't have. So um, it took a while but got those on board and I think you know, situations like that, 
leading things like my first staff meeting with all staff. I'll never forget that in Wakefield where I didn't think I'd be leading a staff meeting for a while and then all of a sudden there were sort of 20 people in front of me and I remember saying to the guy that I thought was running it, he was like, no, you can run this. And I had no preparation, and just sort of straight in deep end and I must have been bright red, but I got through it somehow. So I think all those experiences of some challenging situations that I feel like I got through made me stronger as a character and some of them, you know, you sort of pull out of your head and use in the role um, when things come up in the future. And it definitely helps. I mean, obviously I've known you since 2015. Yeah. Um, did you ever think when we were all sat in that tutor room that this is where you'd be now, six years on? No. No, I probably didn't. I didn't think... Um, when I started at British Gas in the call centre, I never had aspirations to run a business. And I think when I became an engineer, I was so happy you know, becoming a smart meter engineer and I felt so respected by customers. I felt like my mum and dad were really proud of me. My, you know, my wife was proud of me. My, the family were proud of me and stuff because, you know, as much as when I exited British Gas, I was left with a bit of a sour taste without it ended. Um, I cannot thank them enough, really, for everything that I developed there and, you know, the role that I had. And I was just really happy being an engineer. I remember people used to say to me, God, I hate my job. And I was, I'd always say, I love my job, you know, because you used to manage your day, you'd have your jobs, you'd have your customers. I used to like looking after my van and having a really well-organised van. And then the opportunity came up for, for the academy. And again, to go and train people, I was quite interested in doing it. I went for it once, failed the interview. And then just before I got married, and we'll talk about this in a podcast with James Norton, actually, in one of the first Future Skills podcasts, just before I got married, there was another opportunity, went for interview and... I ended up being successful um, on that occasion. And again, I always say this to James. I've just seen him recently, actually, at a football match. And I said it to him then, albeit over a few beers. Um, I still think he was quite desperate to take me at the time. But <laughs> because of that, and he doesn't realise, you know, when I thank him, and I know you've been thankful to James in the past as well, when I thank him for that opportunity, that helped me so much because day one, you know, met you on day one, met the rest of the team on day one in 2015. Then I think it was around August time. And I was so out of my comfort zone. Um, but like I say, I started then to manage the apprentices and get a bit more comfortable leading people, people looking up to you. And after a few years of doing that, I just thought to myself, I really enjoy this. And I started to realise what I was capable of because initially I remember looking at the 18, 19 week programme for a smart meter and apprentice and thinking, there's no way I can deliver all that. You know, there might be a week or two in there that I'll be comfortable with. But every single week of this, there is no chance I'll ever be able to do it. It was definitely a giant leap, wasn't it? And I mean, a lot of us were early 20s when we started it as well. So we yeah. had that hurdle to get over of people thinking, how are you going to know what you're telling me? Yeah, because the age thing. I mean, what were we? I was 22, you 24. Yeah. It's very young to be stood in front of 14 yeah. people telling them how to do a job that they're about to do. But like I say, not to make it a James Norton fan club, but <laughs> definitely... Definitely someone who I need needed in my life to make us grow, and yeah. he definitely turned us into some confident people by yeah. the end of it. Definitely. So when you were in school, I did ask a couple of people to prep some questions for you. A big thing that came up was, "What did you want to be?" I've got a guess of what this answer is going to be, but uh, probably a footballer. Yeah, that's um, Unfortunately, anybody that's seen me play football would recognise that I don't have a left foot at all. Um, <laughs> So I always say to people that I think if my right foot, if my left foot could have been as good as my right foot, maybe I'd have had half a chance somewhere. 
some non-league club maybe but obviously love football and I always wanted to be a pilot as well actually and then I found out I found out how long it would take to train to be a pilot I'm like I'm not waiting that long <laughs> so I think football definitely I really got into F1 at one stage but that was later on in life and that was completely died to death but yeah probably a footballer nice um, how did you find school? obviously you mentioned before about sixth form but how did you actually find sort of early years school going into high school? I think I liked the routine but I got into a lot of trouble at school um, and more from being the sort of class clown, especially in secondary school. I always remember, I was speaking to my mum about this recently, um, I always remember people just used to say to me, Dan, do something funny. And in year seven, year eight, year nine, you, know, you wanted to get friends and you'd see <laughs> your friends laughing their heads off and they'd go, Dan, do something funny. And you'd make them laugh and I'd just keep doing it. I'd get sent out of the room, I'd be sent to the headmaster. Um, primary school, I enjoyed it because football at break times, I think. But again, I used to, Went to uh, Manchester this weekend actually, and my old primary school, I was walking past it with my dad because the train station's near it. And he said to me, he was stood at the gates because it's right next to the train station, and he said, uh, I spent some time here hoping I wouldn't be called in by the teacher, but pretty much every week he'd get called in. So I was one of those kids that just, you know, sort of found trouble, but really from being cheeky. And um, yeah, that's. A similar path that my son seems to be taking at times as well. But yeah, no, overall I enjoyed school. I wouldn't change anything. I had a fantastic primary school, St. Benedict's in Garforth in Leeds, and then moved on to a brilliant primary school, sorry, secondary school in, in Garforth Academy. Some great teachers, again, that I believe the discipline, one thing I think from school, which is so important for me, is it taught me so much discipline about being on time, you know, things like lunchtime, being back for lessons and looking smart, you know, my secondary school, and I know a lot are like this, but little things like if you're wearing a coat indoors, they wouldn't allow it, it was a rule, and they expected you to adhere to it. So it really set a good tone. And for me, secondary school especially, really set me up nicely for work. Yeah, and I guess now we've both been on the flip side of it as well. When you are yeah. waiting for people to come back from breaks and things, yeah. you realise how annoying it must have been when definitely. you were sort of dawdling around in school. Yes. Yeah, I can definitely understand why they got so annoyed now. <laughs> Um, going back to the job then, what would you say your favourite part of your job is? No. Yeah. Genuinely, it's been building this team because I know I, I go on about it a lot in some of these podcasts that we do, but I just think it's quite satisfactory to me when you, I think the trust element of, you know, sometimes we'll be asked for different um, projects for training and can we assist with this, can we do this training, can we help find these people and can we support, upskill different engineers? And it's just the trust that we've got in this team and to know that you know, I've helped build that is really satisfactory for me. So I think one of the best parts is working with the team because you know, although work cannot be great at all times and you've always got to overcome adversity, um, most of the time I believe here at Universal Skills, we have a great team who get along and enjoy themselves and and that is a really big perk for me. Yeah, and I think with what you said before as well, I, I started here just over three years ago and it was a very different environment and I would say everyone who works here now, everyone's on the same page, they're all so friendly and we, do you know I mean, it's genuinely just like a nice environment to be around, which is obviously what you come to work for. Yeah. Um, and I think that's because people are good. People don't realise it and, um, you know, we've got such good people that work here who technically really know the stuff, that are experienced, that are really good tutors and they're supportive and they enjoy the job, they go the extra mile, um, you know, and they are good and I think sometimes probably one of our biggest weaknesses is we, 
we don't recognise enough just how much of a good job that we're doing. And you look at the, some of the customers that we work with and some of the people that we've helped put into roles, it's thousands of people that we've helped with jobs, putting them into roles and supporting them with skills. And some of the biggest energy and meter operating companies in the UK that we assist. So it's, it's really something to be proud of. Definitely. And I'm glad you've touched on the people here and you know how good they are because one of the questions I did get asked to ask you is how do you know that you're doing the right thing? Like how do you know that you're performing? Who tells you well done? Well, um, I've got a lot of support from you know from the owners of the business who I feel trust me to, to make the right decision and um, you know if, if I've only got any questions there's always support there definitely. I think in the early days when I first started to get some authority and control of the company. I needed to check a lot of things. Um, I probably overchecked to make sure I was doing the right thing, but I've always had that support. And one thing a great colleague of mine, Darren, um, says that he feels that I've got a good gut feeling. And um, I do trust my gut. You know, when I get a feeling on something, I tend to go with it. I try not to overthink things too much. And I do try to, to sort of go with my gut. So um, I do have support if I need it, but definitely I do feel like my gut feeling normally takes me to where I need to be. Yeah. And I think the best place to probably wrap this up now is where do you see yourself and the business going in the next few years? For me, um, for me and the business, well, so let's start with business. I think there's still a lot to be done in Smart Meter indefinitely. Um, there's still you know, probably 20% more to be done in terms of if you look how far we're into it. Um, there's still a lot of workforce to be built and a lot of people to be upskilled still in the smart metering sector that still have just single single fuel like gas or power. You know, there's still a lot of those people that exist. Not as many as there was, of course, but there's still new entrants to come in. You know, we, we look at the end of this year and we've got new entrants to join us at the beginning of next year, new entrants to join us. So lots to be done smart metering. EV is really starting to take off as well. I've seen a big change since sort of September time where um, a lot of energy companies are now getting back involved or starting to really get heavily involved from a, a starting stop. So I think EV next year will be really busy for universal skills. And the whole renewables piece, I think solar seems to be coming back now with a vengeance and, and there's lots of demand there for training. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens with things like battery storage and air source heat pump because the demand is growing. And um, when the demand gets similar to smart metering. I think our model will flip and change. I think at the moment, there's still a hell of a lot of our skills that are needed in, in smart metering, but definitely the energy sector and the green sector, um, you know, that, that, that's where the company's gonna be. As for me, I don't know really, I think 30 years old now, and um, I feel like I'm just getting started. You know, I feel like I've got a hell of a lot more to achieve. Um, been a good ride so far and um, looking forward to you know, you know what's next really and looking forward to to helping to grow the business further and to working with people here um, and also you know enjoying family time I think that's another good thing about the business is we we do get that switch off time on a weekend generally where we can enjoy our family time and you know I can see the kids and we can we can do some fun stuff so no I think at 30 years old although I feel old when I look in the mirror and see wrinkles and grey hair I do just think in terms of work you know, there's lots more to come for universal skills, for the company as a whole, uh, and for myself as well. So, so really excited for that. Good. And um, thank you for taking the time for us today. I know it's quite difficult because we are quite busy at the minute, but no, thank you.
Thank you. Enjoyed it. Thanks for joining us on the latest episode of the Future Skills Podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe and share.